Thanksgiving is next week, and if your plans are anything like mine, they'll likely include eating lots of desserts. In fact, with my calendar already filling up with holiday gatherings, it's going to be hard to escape the temptation of a sweet treat right through the new year. Good morning. I'm George Boraki, and this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. While the holiday season is certainly a time to indulge in delectable desserts, you'll never have a problem satisfying your sweet tooth at any time of the year in New York City. The Big Apple is full of amazing bakers and other dessert makers. Just ask Beth Nicely and Amanda Larson. They traverse the five boroughs in search of delicious treats for their blog, Just Desserts NYC. Beth, hello. Hello. And hello, Amanda. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Now, you also go by Brownie and Blondie. Yes, we do. Yes. Who's who? (laughs) I'm Blondie because I have blonde hair. Beth is brownie, and Amanda is blondie. (laughs) So how did this blog come about? Amanda and I have been friends for 12 years, and we did our very first professional show together, the National Tour at 42nd Street, the musical. And immediately we bonded on tour because we both loved desserts so much. And we would go try desserts all over the country together. And um, when we were back from tour and, and, you know, we were going all over the city still trying desserts, people would always ask us where to go for dessert all the time because uh, apparently we talked about desserts a lot. Um, And so we decided to just make a blog and let people know online where to go, what our picks are. So you're dancers. Yes, we're both Broadway dancers, and we're both uh, we are both Radio City Rockettes, and we are also both fitness instructors at a boutique fitness studio in New York City called Body by Simone. Now I'm trying to okay. wrap my head around this for a moment. You're dancers, <laughs> you're fitness instructors, and you're eating lots of desserts. It doesn't seem to go yes. together. No, it goes. I know. Well, together. Our... that's why we're able to yeah. eat desserts. <laughs> it balances out. <laughs> you're working it off. Exactly. Yep. We we always say that we definitely earn our sweets because we dance and we are always working out. So we definitely are able to afford the calories. What would you say is the most unique dessert you've come across in the city? I would say, you know, Dominique Enzel is just doing, I mean, he is killing it right now. Dessert after dessert after dessert. His One of his latest ones um, for the holiday season is a gingerbread cookie with an eggnog milk next to it and you pour the eggnog into the cookie which shaped like a shot glass and you take a you know shot of the gingerbread eggnog cookie shot i mean it's just kind of like completely creative unique holiday and and he doesn't stop it's like one after another he's just like constantly on the creativity go 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 and and uh in making all these new desserts and cool presentations of desserts, too. Um, I was I'm telling Amanda this afternoon, um, Bodega Negra is a Mexican restaurant, and they have such a surprise dessert. It comes in um, a giant white chocolate dome, and the presentation of it is that the um, server comes and pours warm caramel all over the white chocolate dome, and it disintegrates as the caramel is poured over, and then it um, unveils a chocolate molten cake in, like, a moat of caramel and chocolate, and it's just delicious. So, like, presentation is, yeah, yeah, I mean, crazy. I'm a sucker for cupcakes. Where are the best Mm. cupcakes in New York? We were just talking about this today. You know, honestly, we both, I think, could agree that it depends what kind of cupcake you want. Mm-hmm. Flavor, you know, by flavor, you're, I, we would send you probably to different places. What are your favorites? Yeah. 
Oh, well, I mean, I love the Oreo cupcake at Alice's Teacup. They have this chocolate cake that they put coffee in the recipe, and they bake the cupcake. Right when it comes out of the oven, they scoop the center of it out and pour a marshmallow fluff inside and put it back on, and it seeps in as it cools into the whole cupcake, and they have a vanilla buttercream frosting um, whipped with uh, crumbled Oreos, and it's just globbed on top of it. So if you're looking for an Oreo cupcake, <laughs> that would be the place to go. One of my favorite cupcakes is the banana cupcake at um, Billy's Bakery. It's this ultra-moist banana cake with a cream cheese frosting. Oftentimes it's warm when you're eating it because it's fresh out of the oven, and it's just to die for. Now, do you explore all five boroughs, or do you largely spend most of your dessert time in Manhattan? Oh, we explore all the time. Yeah, we are always out and about. I mean, some of the best pie and donuts are in Brooklyn. Um, Yeah, we we go all over the place, and especially if, if we find out about a place and it's in a different location, like a different borough, then we're there. <laughs> Beth, Amanda, thank you so much for your time and happy eating. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, George. Thank, thank you, you so much. Amanda Larson and Beth Nicely are dancers and fitness instructors right here in New York City. They also run the blog Just Desserts NYC. The cronut burst onto the scene as a dessert phenomenon. Dominique Ansel is the man behind the donut croissant hybrid and many other desserts. He's now sharing his insight in a new book called The Secret Recipes, Unforgettable Desserts from the World's Celebrated Bakery. Dominique's on the phone with us this morning. Dominique, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure. So magicians never give away their tricks. So why did you decide to share your recipes with the world? Because you're a dessert magician. Well, you know, I've been working in the kitchen for over 20 years now. And uh, one of the things that I've learned is um, that there's no real secrets and that uh, giving giving back, giving you knowledge and, and teaching people is something that is uh, actually a uh, very, very important for me. I think that um, there's, uh, there's always uh, so much to learn from, from different people and from, from different places, and sh- sharing is something that uh, I really enjoy. Who did you learn from along the way, Dominique? I've learned from, uh, from a lot of chefs, uh, from very high-end chefs, uh, working at Fauchon in Paris, but also working here in New York with uh, Daniel Boulou, whom I worked for, 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 for about uh, six years. Did you aspire to be a pastry chef? I uh, was always attracted by by cooking and, and baking. I started uh, my uh, my work in a, by working in the kitchen, being a chef, and then I, I for a training uh, as a pastry chef. How does it make you feel to see dozens and dozens, sometimes more than a hundred people, lined up outside your pastry shop for your desserts, specifically for your cronut? I think it's very exciting. Uh, any chef will uh, will uh, love want to uh, really uh, do something new, we want to do uh, new dishes and really want uh, the customers to enjoy the food. And I think that opening the doors to hundreds of people every morning, it's, it's very exciting and, and uh, very uh, enjoyable. What do you think of all the cronut imitators? Even Dunkin' Donuts now has one. Well, I think that uh, what, what we do at the bakery is, uh, is the cronut, like the imitators. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a different thing. I think when... Uh, uh, you're trying to catch on the trend, and um, and uh, you uh, misinforming customers. It's a it's a different uh, story. Like what we do at the bakery, it's uh, it's uh, something uh, very uh, unique. The cornet is uh, is our creation, and 
we uh, limit the, the quantity to what we can produce and uh, respecting the quality and uh, the, the freshness of the product is something very important for me. I understand, Dominique, you spend 17 hours a day on your feet. Yeah, that's right. I usually wake up uh, between 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning and never go to bed before midnight. I uh, spend a lot of time at the bakery, in the kitchen, of course. And, uh, I, you know, it's a, uh, it's a small, we have a small business, and it's, uh, it takes a lot of uh, hours and effort to, to keep on creating and doing new things. What is your process for creating new desserts? So the, the process for, for creating new desserts uh, can, be, uh, can be a lot different from one time to another. I, I remember last year, for example, I was, I was sick, and I... I needed to uh, to create a new menu, and I couldn't taste or, or, or smell anything. And uh, it was a time where I had to to walk different way than I was usually. Um, usually, I walk with the taste first, but this time I had to walk with uh, the texture and and the presentation, and uh, just walk a different way to to make things uh, uh, as exciting. Uh, creative aspect can, can go from uh, from an idea from for for a color or a shape or a combination of flavors, uh, it really varies on, on the time of the year and, and uh, the item we're working on. Your book, Dominique Ansel, The Secret Recipes, includes a recipe for chocolate chip pecan cookies. What's your overall impression of the cookie as a dessert? I mean, I, I love cookies. It's not something I, I grew up eating. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm French, and uh, it's something I discovered differently uh, coming here to, uh, to New York. Uh, many, many years ago, and it's something that we really enjoy in the, in the afternoon, actually, with, uh, with a glass of milk. The chocolate chip pecan cookie is among the beginner recipes in the book. What are also among the easier ones? Some of the recipes you'll find in beginner uh, sections, uh, like the, maybe the uh, miniature meringues, the little uh, meringue shape as a teardrop. And uh, this, this is something really fun, very easy to make. There's only two ingredients. It's uh, egg white and uh, powdered sugar, and uh, you can uh, top it on, put it on top of, of the cookies before you, before you bake it. You can uh, mix it with your cereals. You can put it on top of a few sundaes. It's something really fun. You can do different color, different shape, and, and different flavors as well. How hard is it to make a cronut? So the cronut is not something uh, easy to make. The recipe you have in the book is an at-home cronut recipe. It's slightly different than the one we, uh, we did at the bakery. Why? Because I want um, most people to be successful at making it. And uh, considering that the ingredients you buy at the grocery store are completely different than what we can get in a professional shop, I want to make sure that everyone could do it. So the, the recipe is actually better to do at home. It takes about three days to make uh, the at-home current recipe. Uh, it's a very long process and very technical. So I'll suggest everyone, if you get the book, that uh, you try the easier recipe first. So the cronut for a more experienced baker, huh? That's right. What are among the other most challenging recipes in the book, would you say? Give me an example of one. Um, the DKA is definitely another one. Uh, it stands for Dominique Squignaman. It's this flaky caramelized croissant, and it takes, uh, it takes a little bit of, uh, of technique and, and speed in order to, uh, to, uh, to have it right. And finally, Dominique, what's your favorite dessert? What do you enjoy most? What I enjoy the most, I, I like very simple desserts, actually. I like, um, I really enjoy um, crepes or even sometimes uh, hot chocolate with a fresh baked madeleines. It's always, uh, always good. All right, I guess once a Frenchman, always a Frenchman, huh? <laughs> yes, that's right. Dominique, thanks so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you. 
Famed pastry chef Dominique Ansel is out with a new book called The Secret Recipes. It's published by Simon & Schuster. This is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. Good morning once again. I'm George Borarki. On this morning's show, we're digging into desserts in New York City. Tradition is definitely part of the baking process. Dessert recipes are often passed down from generation to generation. That's how William Greenberg Desserts in Manhattan came about. Cityscape producer Taylor Nulk visited the bakery to talk with current owner Carol Becker. William Greenberg Desserts has been around for a while. Can you give us a little bit of history about the shop? Certainly. Um, it was started in 1946 by William Greenberg. Himself, William Greenberg Jr., he came back from the war, and he had all these recipes from his aunt, and he started, started the shop, and he started using all the recipes and, and opened the store, and, and it caught on right away. It was very successful, and it grew you know, to more than one shop, to a few different shops, and he's added more things that were not from his Aunt Gertrude's recipes, and it's you know, grown to what it is today. Can you give us a range that the bakery offers? It seems to be a lot. You have the breads and the breakfast, but you also have desserts. We have everything. We have everything from cookies to wedding cakes. So we'll do like little butter cookies that we sell by the pound. We do muffins, donuts, croissants, um, schnecken, pound cakes. You know, we do pretty much anything that you can think of, and we keep adding. So if, you know, if there's something new that we come up with or that we see that we think is going to be is going to be big, you know, we'll add it on and we'll do you know different flavors and different variations. So we have everything. You can come to us for a big event cake or or little cookies. So, so. I saw this online, and you just mentioned it. The schnecken. What is that? Schnecken is like, a, it's an old European, um, you know, it's like a honey bun. Some people call them sticky buns, honey buns. It's, it's a yeast dough, and it has, um, you know, chopped pecans, and it has um, a lot of cinnamon and raisins, and it's like, you know, drenched in like a honey kind of rum. Uh, and, um, you know, they're wonderful. It's real Eastern European baking, and uh, they're wonderful. And they're all kosher? Everything that we have is kosher, right. Our whole store is kosher, right. What dessert do you think William Greenberg is most famous for? There are a couple of things that, you know, that are really, really famous for. I think, you know, first of all, everybody knows of our black and whites. You know, New York Magazine said that we had the best black and whites in the city, and I think they are. And, and we're really known for the black and whites. Um, the candy cake is a cake that, that I think is pretty iconic to us, that, that everybody knows about. It's, a, it's like a devil's food cake with whipped cream in between the layers and on top, and it has chocolate shavings on the top and chocolate wafers around the corner. We're really known for that. Uh, we're known for our old chocolate cake, um, and I think the Schnecken is something else that we're really that we're really well known for. With a lot of newer bakeries coming up with different flavors of the month, is there any pressure to reinvent some of your classics? You know, every now and then, like we play around with it. You know, and our classics, we don't touch the classics. Are our classics, and we leave them the same. You know, but but we will. You know, we'll bring things in, or we'll play around with cupcakes, and we'll play around with, you know, with with um, cake pops and. Push pops and eclairs, you know, things that we can that we think will be fun that we, we add a new flavor. So we, we play around with those all the time. But the, the basics we leave we leave the same. Perfect. Thank you so much. That was Carol Becker, owner of William Greenberg Desserts in Manhattan. She talked with Cityscape producer Taylor Nolk. Next up, a banker turned baker. Seth Raffaelli is the owner of Stud Muffin Desserts. He's with us on the phone this morning to talk about how he went from a life on Wall Street to a life in the kitchen. Seth, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So how did you go from banking to baking? 
Well, you know, when I was in banking, I, I was always looking at investing in a restaurant or starting a food business or being involved in something, uh, you know, food-related. And after uh, banking, I uh, was looking around and trying to find, you know, desserts that were, you know, all natural but also low-calorie, something that would allow you to, you know, indulge in without having all the guilt involved and still give you the, uh, the, the opportunity to still, you know, run three miles at the gym, which is always something I enjoyed. And when I didn't see anything that was all natural and that it tasted great in the market, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to bring this to the market. And in the uh, during the holiday season of 2012, you know, I started with uh, family recipes of cookies that uh, that were passed down, and you know, I worked on them, enhancing certain flavor profiles. Again, keeping it entirely all natural, no preservatives, trans fat, things of that nature, anything artificial. And I made uh, cookies for about 30 of my closest friends and finance colleagues, uh, all New Yorkers, so not an easy demographic to please. And when an overwhelming majority came back asking me where they could buy the cookies, I knew I had a successful product. And Stud Muffin Desserts was born. Yes, exactly. Now, while baking as a career is relatively new for you, you'd been baking before that, right, recreationally? Oh, absolutely, yes. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a household where my mother was a caterer and had her own catering business. My father is a chemical engineer, so from both aspects, I, I always had the uh, the food components, uh, you know, in front of me. And you know, when I would come home from uh, from football practice during high school as a freshman, I remember you know looking for something to snack on. And of course, my my mother being away, uh, you know, managing events, I realized one day, well, you know, if I know how to bake it, I'll never have to wait for someone else to make it for me. Talk to me about some of the names of your cookies because they have great names. Oh, absolutely. You know, the uh, the Jackie O, for example, uh, you know, that was named after the Rondolella windblown Jackie photograph because when I was working on the on the cookies, you know, I thought these it's a you know it's a meringue chocolate chip. It's uh, you know, again entirely no all natural, low calorie, and I thought you know it's so light and airy, and it kind of reminded me of oh, kind of breathy like her voice was, and you know it's a black and white cookie like the photograph, and I thought oh well you know if they're why not call it Jackie O's so. So that's where that the origins of that one, and you know, Sinners and Saints. It's just a, such a it's the world's best chocolate chip cookie by far. And you know, I, I made it for a finance colleague of mine who uh, she was from England, and of course, in her accent, sounded a little better. But you know, she said, "Oh, there's so many, so much chocolate in these cookies that it's it's enough to turn any sinner into a saint and back again." So came, that's where that came from. What about the name Stud Muffin Desserts? How did you come up with the name for your company? Oh well, uh, you know, I had, I had baked for uh, for a girlfriend, and uh, you know, she had said, you know, in, in her New York accent, it was, uh, you know, she said, "Oh, you're such a little stud muffin." So I thought, "Oh, why not? What else do you call a guy that bakes?" Now I understand that you were at work on September 11th, 2001. You worked in the South Tower of the World Trade Center, correct? Yes, that's correct. Tower two. Did that experience at all influence your decision to change careers? Uh, you know, absolutely. You know, given. Uh, that harrowing event and, and seeing, you know, how the world changed. And I really thought long and hard about, you know, things that I enjoyed and made me happy. And, you know, I'd always loved baking. And with that, you know, I thought, well, how can I, how can I bring this to life? And, you know, that event certainly, you know, propelled, I think, the, uh, the impetus for doing something because, you know, when you're faced with something of that nature, you, you certainly reevaluate and see, you know, the things that you want to do because, you know, sometimes we, we always talk about things that we'd like to do and they never come to fruition. And, uh, you know, certainly that, that day made me think more about, you know, doing those things and actually acting on it rather than, you know, sweeping it to the side. Seth, thanks so much. Absolutely, George. Thank you.
That was Seth Raffaelli. Seth owns Stud Muffin Desserts. You'll find him online at studmuffindesserts.com. When you have a sweet tooth, sometimes nothing will stand in your way of the perfect fix, not even a long line. You'll often see people lined up for cupcakes outside Magnolia Bakery in the city and for cookies outside Leven Bakery. I recently visited Leven's Harlem location. My name is Connie McDonald, and I'm a co-owner of Leven Bakery. My name is Pam Weeks, and I'm a co-owner of Leven Bakery as well. Now, how did the two of you get into the baking business? <laughs> well, I've always loved to bake, and Connie went to culinary school and discovered that she loved to bake as well. And uh, we were training for an Ironman triathlon and got to talking about what kind of businesses we both might like to have one day and eventually made it to a bakery. You are both competitive swimmers, huh, Connie? Yes, back you know back in the day. <laughs> now it's just like you know a competition within yourself. But uh, yeah, a long time ago, and then we used to do a lot of triathlons. Yeah. So from swimming to baking, I guess after a long workout, you want the nothing more than a good cookie. Nothing more than a good cookie, delicious. Yeah, yeah. I have a terrible sweet tooth, and um, yeah, I love nothing more than something freshly baked. That said, Connie, I understand that you grew up in a sweets-free home. No sweets in your home. Very few, very few. <laughs> um, you know, my mother was a wonderful person, but she was like what, like a perpetual dieter. Like a stocking yeah. stuffer for us would be like one of those little calorie counting books. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> there, were, there weren't a lot of sweets in the house. Ben, what about your upbringing? Uh, mine was pretty much the opposite. My mom was um, a pretty big baker and cook, and we always had a lot of homemade treats. She made our bread. We always had, you know, cake or pie after dinner for dessert or for breakfast. So tell me about your treats here at your bakery. Well, we, we are really well known for our cookies. We also have, um, so we make four different type of cookies. We also make things that we like to think you don't see every, every other place where you go. Like we don't make croissant, but we do make three different really delicious um, brioche, like a plain brioche, a chocolate, like and they're individual, a chocolate brioche and a cinnamon brioche and a raspberry bombolancini, and just things that we think that are really great and that you don't see everywhere. And also, if we don't sell everything, we donate it to charity, so nothing is held over till the next day, so everything's always super fresh. We're baking the cookies literally all day long, and um, we just think that's, like, the most important ingredient other than love, you know, in, in a baked good is just to be, like, really, really fresh. Now, people line up for your cookies. They line up for your cookies. What makes your cookies so good? They do, thank God, line up for them, and we appreciate everyone. Like, and they're and everyone's for the most part usually like in a great mood and really excited and really happy. I think, you know, two things I think make the cookies like kind of really amazing. Number one is the size, um, because it gives it lends itself to such a unique texture and that people are just like you know it's just like so it's kind of shocking the first time you have it and then secondly they are really fresh they're con we're constantly baking them and a lot of times like like Pam said there are a lot of wonderful bakeries but a lot of times you don't get things that are as fresh as as what we're serving and it's it's you know it really, I think it makes a big difference it's a different experience for people because they're not used to having things hot out of an oven any place so it's really exciting and to be honest, I prefer the cookies when they're cooler. They have more texture to them. But, you know, there's nothing like a hot cookie melting in your hand and your mouth. <laughs> Connie, what about you? Are, are you a hot or cool kind of gal? Um, I have to say warm to cool. 
like I think and I think that when people come in the store and they say they want a hot cookie they don't really they don't really mean that because like the hot cookies are really like lava they're like you know 450 degrees so it's like the warm cookie is kind of like perfect so I'm definitely like a warm to cool yeah but I understand now I know a lot of people that say that they they freeze them in chunks and they just yeah. love them yeah. like frozen too yeah. so everyone's got their way that they like them texture is so important to food along with taste and and there's more texture when they're a little bit cooler so it's a little more interesting to your palate which is your most popular cookie the chocolate chip walnut i think it's classic and it gets the most press so but they're all really good so how many locations do you have we have three locations right now two in new york city and one out on the east end of long island Connie, thanks so much. Thank you very much, George. Pam, thank you. Thank you very much, George. Connie McDonald and Pam Weeks are the founders of Levin Bakery. Next stop on our dessert tour of New York City, Park Slope, Brooklyn, and the premier spot for Chocoholics. My name is John Payson, and I am the co-owner of the Chocolate Room here on Fifth Avenue in Park Slope. How long has the Chocolate Room been around now? Uh, the Chocolate Room has been around since... Well, we conceived of it in July of 2003, actually opened for business in January of 2005. And this particular store that we're sitting in uh, we, is, is our new store that we relocated um, from one block down Fifth Avenue here. And we've been open here now just for five weeks. So this is a brand new spot. What inspired the Chocolate Room? Um, for me, I am a musician and... Um, I was pursuing that for a long time uh, on, on the professional side and really looking for rock stardom. Let's be, let's be frank here. <laughs> and I think what happens as you're in that business and it's, it's this grind and, you know, you start to pursue things for the wrong reasons. And um, I was getting a little older and my wife and partner, Naomi, and I were discussing, well, what, you know, what is a, what's our next step? And, and of course, uh, Naomi's a dancer, and as, um, as artists, you work a lot in food service. Um, so uh, I tried to combine that with do what you love. Uh, if it wasn't going to be drumming all the time, uh, I was like, well, what else do I love? I love chocolate, and we love dessert. So, hey, let's open up a chocolate-themed dessert cafe. I mean, it evolved, certainly, but uh, that was sort of like, okay, well, what to do next? It's all about the chocolate, no doubt. How did you go about putting together your menu here? We started out um, with a very simple menu, and we, we wanted to make sure that we could make everything in-house. Um, and we, when, we, when we first were conceiving of the whole idea, it so happened that our next-door neighbor... Margaret Kyle had just finished uh, culinary school. So we, we started to work with her as our first chef, and we, we tried to put together a menu that, that would um, highlight chocolate in its various forms. Um, we, we definitely wanted to have an American flair to it, and we wanted it to be um, sort of the standards, but, but not by not in the sense of just standard tasting. No, it had to be the best. So we knew if we were going to call ourselves the chocolate room and we had, uh, you know, we had all of these people around here in this fabulous food city, uh, they're going to come in and say, hey, this place is the chocolate room. They better have a good chocolate cake. 
So we started with that. It was like so that that took us months of, of menu testing and, and and designing and deciding what did we want out of a chocolate cake. You know, it had to be had to just slide off the fork just right, and you know, it, you know, you had to serve it at room temperature. You know, no no cold uh, bakery case cake here. So um, so th- so that sort of was the foundation. So we started with our chocolate cake, and then we and then we do chocolate pudding, and then we we know that there's people that you know, might not want all chocolate all the time. So we do have vanilla ice cream. Uh, oh, I was going to say, is vanilla a dirty word around here? Oh, no, of course. What, go, what goes better with, uh, with uh, vanilla than chocolate, right? So uh, nothing like a scoop of, uh, of vanilla ice cream with hot fudge uh, uh, ladled over it and then a little fresh whipped cream. No, no, we are not anti-vanilla. Absolutely not. What do you think it is about chocolate that makes people pretty much just feel good inside of course those not allergic to chocolate well i, d- I did hear once that um that love is a substitute for chocolate so um you know what there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, brain uh, happy brain chemicals in chocolate and there's a lot of studies nowadays going on with dark chocolate uh, touting the health benefits on on blood pressure on mood and things like that if you read about the history of chocolate it's quite alluring you you see you know where this started from a pod that grows on a tree and you have it's amazing to see that it comes from that and and ends up here uh in in the form of a chocolate bar or chocolate cake or you know it has it has that kind of um history where you're you're drawn to it but to me it's the flavor and certainly it's probably that that chemical bounce you get from it in a good way john thanks so much for your time all right thank you john payson is the co-owner of the chocolate room in park slope brooklyn and that's it for this week's cityscape past episodes of the show are available in our archives at wfuv.org cityscape you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter for show updates and new york city tidbits we're listed on both as wfuv cityscape I'm George Boldarki. My thanks to producer Taylor Nolk. Have a great weekend. It's WFUV and WFUV HD New York. Listener supported public media from Fordham, the Jesuit University of New York. Music discovery starts here.